0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is Jeff Fadon with Believe in Chiefs on the Believe Network, Kansas City's number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in Casey and Moore. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this week's show, former Kansas City Chiefs offensive lineman Joe Valerio, we're going to talk about Zubas. That old-fashioned line that she fans (laughs) love. But, Joe, before we get into this, uh, we're recording this on Tuesday night. It's going to go live uh, Wednesday. And, Joe, we recorded at night because you had a pretty cool thing going on Tuesday afternoon. Yeah, it was was like a
1: media blitz today. Um, I started out the morning on uh, 810 WHB on the Border Patrol, uh, Kansas City local radio and I'm going to be joining them, you know, uh, every Tuesday in the mornings, uh, 830 Eastern, 730 Central, and, uh, just kind of like offer up some thoughts. So that, that was the morning. That's how the morning started. And then, you know, got some insurance work done because that's my real job. Right? <laughs> and, uh, and then, uh, this morning, these, uh, Sunday NFL countdown from ESPN showed up, uh, at the door and they're doing a, um, like a sort of a a segment, I guess, about a month into the season on uh, linemen scoring touchdowns and the whole thick six phenomenon and how it's kind of like really taken off. I mean, you know, back when I was playing, Jeff, I mean, there wasn't wasn't many linemen. I mean, like Jumbo Elliott had scored. I had scored. There were some linemen that, you know, were were making their way into the end zone. The fridge, of course. Right. Refrigerator Perry. As a D lineman. And then it started catching on with linebackers like Mike Rabel and other other players. And then, you know, last year it was a there was a lot like there was a week. I think there was one week we were talking about today on the segment where with ESPN, where I guess there was a week where four linemen scored uh, touchdowns. And, um, you know, now you got linemen running seam patterns, uh, you know. You know, going in motion and and catching balls out of the backfield, like it's getting crazy. Uh, I guess linemen are getting more athletic, and I guess ESPN prior to you know one of their uh, one of their pr- broadcasts want to want to talk about it. So it was it was really fun. They set up a little studio in our basement, and it was really amazing. And you know, the, the, Jeff, for those you know listeners that the patience that these camera crews have, it took them a good two hours to set up. Um, we, we talked, you know, on camera for about an hour and then it took him about an hour to dismantle everything. And I'm like, God, all that for maybe this segment is going to be five minutes, Uh 10 minutes, uh, including everybody that they interview. So crazy, you know, patience that you have to have when you're in the media. So, you know, just for the listeners out there, when you're watching some of these segments on you know, Fox game day, or you're watching on ESPN or any of the CBS stuff, or anybody who carries, you know, the NFL pregame stuff, you know, you see these little five or 10 minute segments and it takes hours and days to do those things. So it gives you a whole new appreciation for what, you know, that aspect of the media go through to, you know, get that stuff done.
0: So cool, Joe. And again, um, we're recording this late on Tuesday night, so for, if there's anyone from Joe's insurance company listening, know that yeah. Joe worked yeah. into the night to make up. I those. did, I did, I did. <laughs> uh, Jeff, thank you. But part of it, part of your very cool, not only the ESPN thing, uh, the 810 thing, you also were mentioned in our, our friend Vahe Gregorian's Kansas City Star column. And you know, you were the perfect person for ESPN to interview for the story because you do have the record for most. Tackle eligible touchdowns, correct? Vahé, I thought in the column said you were tied with somebody. Is that there's, true?
1: there's three? Anthony Munoz. Oh, really? Uh, has four. Myself and uh, there's one other player, and I am, want to apologize to that player for not remembering who it was. But there is another lineman that has four, so it is it is a record, but it is a shared record.
0: Well, we'll um, we'll find out who also shares that when that that segment airs, and we'll obviously keep all the listeners here abreast of when. When that uh when that goes it's going to be sometime during the the regular season and also during that in that Vahe column it was about Justin Watson uh he mentioned that his goal our good friend Justin Watson who's been on the pod also a Penn alum like yourself like uh, Vahe he said his goal was to score more touchdowns than you as yeah. a you know? and I sure hope he does hey four so. touchdowns oh if have four <laughs> touchdowns that's that's something you know like. <laughs> If Justin Watson scores four touchdowns, which is very possible as a wide receiver, that's a, that's a really good year, you know? Yeah, definitely. I hope
1: he does. I really do. I'm really pulling for him. And he's a great kid. He's got a great family. He's, you know, uh, he's a hard worker. He puts in the work. Um, you know, he does the stuff that, you know, on special teams that, you know, not a lot of receivers, you know, always like to do. And um, I, I think he's really carving out a, a spot for himself. He's at least becoming... little bit of a a media and and coaches darling right I mean they keep they keep talking about him and Patrick Mahomes tweeted about him and when they were down in when they were down in Texas doing those unofficial workouts and he kind of called Brett Beach and was like wow where'd you find this guy he's he's out running my passes like you know I think that's a good sign that's a good sign that you know if you have somebody like Patrick in your corner you know not that general managers make decisions on players, but you know, they have to listen to to guys like Patrick Mahomes because he's the one that has to general that offense down the field. Right. And he's got to be the field general. So if he has a player that he wants around, you know, I'm sure he's going to voice his opinion. So it can't hurt right. To have Patrick in your corner, whether how much sway he has with Brett Beach on who they keep, you know, it's always nice when the quarterback uh, wants you.
0: And the other guy who seems to be in his corner, who's also a good person to have in your corner is Dave Tobe, who's not only the special teams coordinator, but the assistant head coach. He's been raving about him, and Joe. And that's, you know, we, we haven't even played the first preseason game, so a lot could happen. But right now, I think Justin Watson makes the team. I think he's kind of the fifth receiver, and I think he takes the role of a guy like Marcus Kemp last year who was an ace special teamer. Uh, a guy like Josh Gordon, he's struggled a bit during camp, and he's not, you know, Justin Watson – kind of has a nose for special teams. Gordon's really not a special teams guy. I think that's going to give him the edge. I, I look at it. We knew we know that MVS and Juju, McCall Hardman, Sky Moore, those, those are locks to make the roster. And then that fifth spot is very competitive with Watson, Gordon, Cornell Powell, uh, Kurt Coleman. Uh, but right now I think Watson has the edge. I, I think another thing that helped too was um, – you know, we we're very excited about Justin Ross and his potential. I think that that injury that you know, this is what happens injuries often open the door, uh, for another guy. You know, Justin Watson might have been, might have been had that, fi- might have had the edge for that five spot anyhow, but gave him maybe, actually yeah. a leg up there.
1: Oh, definitely. And you know, we used to have a saying, Jeff, in the locker room, you know, when you were on the bubble, the more you can do, the less they can fire you for. So believe me, you know, when you can do more things, you add value, right? For the cap space that you take up and, you know, and, 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 and Justin is not, he's, he's a player that's, you know, while Josh Gordon might have better pedigree and, you know, a little bit of a better history, as far as like, you know, what he's done and what he's accomplished, you know, um, at some point you have to look and what value that player is going to bring every day. And Uh Justin's not a guy that's going to, when he, if he, if they had a, if they had a disastrous season injury wise at the receiving on the receiving end it's not like Justin's – he's not a guy that's going to lose you a game just because he's a special teamer like he's going to go in there and do his thing he's not he's not a player that can't run a route or you know he he's not going to hurt you if it comes to the point where they need to use him because of you know somebody getting dinged up or an injury or whatever you know might happen to keep some of those other receivers off the field and I think that just sets him up for, you know, success and hopefully look, and you know, he's definitely done enough worst case scenario. If they find something that they need to, you know, keep somebody else on the roster, he's absolutely done enough just in camp alone. And I'm I'm sure we'll see more in the preseason because that's going to be the test. He's done enough maybe to catch the eye of some other teams that might be really weak at wide receiver and or special teams. So you know he definitely is doing himself some justice by uh, you know by having a uh, having a good camp and getting some pub because all pub is good pub.
0: Right, he's definitely helped himself, which we're all excited about. We, as Joey, are close to his family, and uh, we're all rooting for him. Well, we're going to get back to uh, talking to, or start talking about uh, Zubis a little bit, but first, bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events. With first market odds and lines, find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information, from live in-game betting, to props, and futures. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, five zero to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts uh, well Joe from forbes.com I wrote about the famous or infamous zebra stripe pants company <laughs> Zubas that has made quite a comeback and there's a definite cheese connection I mean the, can, the Casey wolf mascot often wears them and Kansas City uh, is, is one of Zuba's best selling uh, markets and uh, before the company's rebirth which we'll go to get into um, Joe it's the peak years of Zuba's Kind of coincided with your playing days in Kansas City. Oh, it was. You know, I think Zubaz were were introduced back in like what nineteen eighty
1: eight. Yeah, um, somewhere somewhere around there. Sure. You know, I was uh, I was a uh, let's see, eighty seven was my freshman year of football, and then and then eighty eight would have been my my sophomore year of football. So, yeah, it was it was right during you know those those formative college years. Right, right in the in the meat of my of my college in the heart of my college years. Uh, and they became really popular. And, you know, and then all of a sudden, they really took off, you know, towards the beginning of of the NFL career in the early 90s. And I'm telling you, they were everywhere. Like, if people can remember back, I mean, everybody wore those. And, you know, I know they started out as like weightlifting pants and, you know, comfortable things for for bigger guys to wear in in the weight room. And and I'm telling the fashion statement just took off. And, you know, you look back at them now and you have to be honest, like you kind of like, I don't want to say cringe when you see them, but like,
0: <laughs> I think it definitely, it
1: definitely causes you to like go, Oh, wow. Like, wow. Like that's loud. And the cheese and the cheese colors were like Real loud. Yeah. Out there. I mean, there were some that were very subtle. I think my first NFL pair of Zubas were actually from the New York Giants Uh, we talked about this, right? You're shaking your
0: head. It's a great story. I was hoping you were going to share this. It's a great one. Definitely tell the listeners in case you missed it the first time.
1: When I was in college, um, so it would have been, I think it was right, I guess, right at the end of my senior year. So would that have been like, like 90 going into 1991 uh, when I, right before I graduated and, you know, the Giants invited me up to uh, a workout day basically. And I got to go up to the stadium and and it was lucky because I could just drive uh, from Philly, so it wasn't like I needed to do anything crazy for uh, commu- uh, uh, transportation or anything. So I drove up and spent the entire day uh, at the facility and got to tour it, meet people and scouts and you know different folks uh, in the organization. It was really, really fun. And I remember leaving there with a ton of gear, and, and, and one of them was a pair of Giant Subas. Now, the Giant Subas was actually probably one of the tamer ones because it was that <laughs> you know, that like royally navy type of blue Mm -hmm. with a red. But I do remember that it did have um, a little bit of like silvery, glittery uh, stripe in it, at least a pair that they gave me. And uh, yeah, it was really, really funny. That was like my first, that was the first pair of Zubas that I actually owned. Um, I didn't actually own any in college, but Uh, I just remember getting those and just being like, these, these are the bomb. Like this is, this is, I made it like leaving there with some giant Zubas.
0: Do you still have those pants? Something tells me that Jen might have gotten rid of those Zubas somewhere along the line.
1: I have, I'm a little bit of a pack rat. Uh, I keep, I have every one of the t-shirts that I ever got in Kansas City, that had something to do with uh, like a logo, mm-hmm. or or uh, like one of the, the players' charities. Like I have like one of my favorites is Jonathan Hayes, who you know a lot of people remember Jonathan, great tight end, unbelievable guy in the Kansas City community. Went on to coach for years in the NFL and the XFL. Uh, I have it's called it was called Hayes's Huddle, and that was his charity, and it was for uh, children and youth with diabetes. Uh, A lot of people don't know that Jonathan battled diabetes and there were people that told him that he probably would never play competitive sports. And here he was, you know, in the NFL. Um, And, uh, you know, so everybody had, you know, uh, really cool uh, t-shirts that they would have made up. I had one that was called uh, solid as a rock and it was Kevin Ross. Um, I mean, I have Jeff, I have them all and it drives Jen crazy because I keep them tucked away in this one corner of my closet. Um, I,
0: I by the way still i have a Hayes huddle t-shirt someplace so we'll have one of our pods we're going to both have to wear haze yes yes and, yes.
1: and we'll, we'll post it on social media uh when we have it on but i've got christian Nakoye, barry word like i've got all these cool i have all the stuff from when we went to japan that's all written in japanese oh that that is very um, cool yeah and but so the, fun, the, fun stuff
0: the Zubas Giants. I assume since that was another team, did you hold on to those?
1: No, I didn't. I wasn't able to keep the Zubas. They didn't make the cut, so to speak, to use a sports <laughs> to use a sports term. They got waived, um, and did get picked up.
0: <laughs> Very funny. Well, little did we're. I'm I'm going to credit uh, Jen with some, some house cleaning there. So, yeah. <laughs> but little did she know, did we know that the company was going to bounce back? Uh, you you nailed it, Joe. They they started in 1988. They were, during their peak, making $48 million in wholesale dollars, which is about $100 million in retail, we not counting the markup. Then they, they sold it in 1996 to a Haynes distributor business that went under uh, a couple of years later. Zubas was restarted in 2006. They then partnered with Dreams Incorporated, which was bought by Fanatics. They bought out Fanatics in 2019, but then they had to file bankruptcy because of that. But they're back now. It's approaching the money they made in the the peak. Now, this is 2022 dollars versus, you know, 1992 dollars. So obviously there's inflation. So it's not as much. But the fact that they're approaching that 48 million in in wholesale dollars, that's that's something Um, really impressive for a restart, Joe. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, Jeff, your article was fantastic. I, our listeners got to go out and, and and check it out. I mean, uh, that picture that of Dan Marino was fantastic. Like that was, that was great. And the fact that, you know, Jeff, I didn't realize until I read your article that, um, you know, that it was in, it's in the Madden uh, 23. Which is so cool, right? Like I, I haven't, <clears throat> I haven't seen the Madden Twenty Three. I'm, I'm still playing um, NHL uh, Two Thousand Twelve uh, <laughs> on my on my Xbox, but um, <clears throat> I'm kind of stuck in a few a few decades back on my video game playing. But I uh, I think that's so cool that you know that they're making that comeback and that now you know all these younger uh, you know fans of of Madden Football uh, and Madden Twenty Three will, will get to see. Uh, you know, get to see and be like, wow, that stuff's cool. And, and hopefully, you know, I wish them well, I hope it takes off and, and it makes a comeback. It's definitely going to make, you know, make me think back to the throwback days of, you know, seeing it all pop, being popular when I was in college. And then those early days uh, in the NFL, which, you know, it was pervasive. I mean, I remember, you know, uh, Alan Wright and Mike Davidson, our equipment managers, you know, ordering us those Zubas and, you know, getting a pair of those here and there, uh, you know, put on our on our stools um, that we could, uh, you know, they would give us, and and, and they were, you know, Chiefs colors, man, they stood out like you knew when somebody was wearing Chiefs Zubas. There was no hot, you were not camouflaged at all. Steve, you know, when, when Steve Steve
0: Berg was one of this. They had a couple like, um, you mentioned Dan Marino. He was one of their most notable sponsors. Uh, Claudia Sheffer, the the model, was. But obviously, the NFL was their their biggest thing, more than entertainment or even you know, the other sports. And Steve Deberg was one of their paid sponsors. So yeah, were a lot of guys. Um, wh- you you mentioned that they had them, you know, in your locker room and stuff, uh, on the stools. But did did a lot of the players just kind of wear them and stuff too? Like they weren't just you know thrown in the, the locker room stall. Do you remember? Oh um, yeah, doing that? and if you who else besides Deberg kind of one uh, these
1: if you were- yeah I, you know i gotta be honest i'm just being honest the linemen tended to stay away from them uh, <laughs> because they were not flattering to a guy who's you know 295 plus pounds right uh-huh. and the bigger you got the worse they looked uh because when those stripes started stretching it was not it was not a good look it, it, they, they started to take on a design of their own uh you know from that like wavy you know camouflagey type of type of look and the striped, you know, tiger look, um, it got, they got a little stretched out when guys like us were wearing them. Um, but, you know, definitely, you know, guys who, who had, uh, who had the bodies for them definitely wore them out. I mean, they would wear them home from the locker room. Um, you know, I don't know how many of them were, you know, were wearing them to the Plaza Three Steakhouse back then, you know, when that was a popular steakhouse, you know, to go out and have a nice dinner. But, um, you know, they were definitely wearing them in, in the casual environment, um, you know, because they were very comfortable. I'm going to be honest, they were very, very comfortable pants. Um, you know, they had, they were kind of, you know, because I kind of liked that fit, because they were, at least all the Zupas that I wore, they were sort of tight at the bottom, you know, kind of like mm-hmm. almost like today's joggers, you know, for those, for those people that like to wear those joggers, which I do, I still like to wear those, like when I work out or go for a run or just wear around the house in the wintertime when it's cold. Um, they had like a jogger feel to them. They were wider at the top, thinner at the bottom. So, you know, it just kind of had a better feel to it than even like a regular sweatpant, pant, um, which I kind of appreciated. But again, for me, it was lounge around the house, wear them in the locker room. I, you know, it was kind of like our white uniforms, Jeff. We, you know, not, as a, Lyman, not as a Lyman, we did not, you know, it wasn't making Lyman look good. I'm looking at that picture <laughs> right now on my computer of Steve DeBerg and Dan Marino. Those guys look good in those things. Me, Tim <laughs> Grunhard, you know, Derek Graham, all us big guys, not so good uh, that's, wearing that's, Zubas.
0: That's funny, <laughs> but you did wear it, I guess, around the house, it sounds like, just not. Oh, yeah. Major, yeah. Or run an
1: errand, or you know, run an errand, or go out real quick. I mean, yeah, no, definitely wore them out.
0: I mean, definitely wore them out. Not you know, when you want public. to be in. Not when you want to be inconspicuous. You yes, say. yes, and <laughs> you know, thank
1: goodness, you know, back then no social media, so nobody has pictures of it. So you know, <laughs> uh, it's a little little different these days, right? You got you got to be careful what you're wearing out there. Somebody's going to snap a picture of you, you know, if you're an athlete or whatever, and, and post it on social media. So you got to like, you know, I remember, you know. Jen used to get mad at me with some of the things I would I would leave the house and you know back then you just if, so if you ran into a fan or something you didn't really care because nobody was you know, there wasn't it was iPhones yet. everywhere and you know, you just kind of like went out and did your thing but now today I'm sure you got to like, comb your hair, you know where wear shave, you know wear the right clothes because you know somewhere there's going to be a picture of you out there being like wow, look what this chief is wearing. So
0: you, you mentioned definitely. how and you, Joe, you nailed it on the head. You mentioned how they're comfortable, and you, you said, uh, you were familiar with the roots that the owners, uh, Bob Truax and Dan Stock, were actually power lifters, and that's how mm-hmm. it started. They owned a gym with the, the wrestlers, the war, Road Warriors in Minnesota, and a lot of their patrons, uh, were complaining that you know, back then, you know, we're talking the 80s, like you really just had sweatpants if you didn't want to wear shorts, and for these big. Uh, weightlifters it was pretty constricting so that was the motivation um uh, for for zubas now my my i also had a pair of uh zubas gifted to me from my one of our devoted listeners my uncle um and so my joe my regular uh when i was going to all the chiefs game my game day uniform for a while was the Derek thomas jersey and zubas pants Uh,
1: i love it (laughs) <laughs> Jeff, you got to get us a picture of that. That's got to, that's got you got to see if you can dig one up. If it, I hope it exists somewhere because I, I would love to see that.
0: I'll, I'll see if I can find some. And again, fortunately, probably that this, this I'm old enough, this obviously dates before uh, social media. So which is also a good thing for me because I'm, I'm sure that wasn't a good look. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because you,
1: you say Zubas and, and I guess, Maybe that's like a little bit of the Midwestern. I know on the East Coast, a lot of them, a lot of folks pronounce them Zubaz or Zubaz. Yeah, uh, and I
0: think I might be butchering it. So it's apparently from the 70s slang, like Zuba meaning in your face. So I think you're actually having the correct pronunciation. And you know, No, but
1: yeah. I've definitely heard it both ways. I've definitely heard, I've heard Zubas, and then I've heard Zubaz and uh, Zubaz. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of different pronunciations, probably very geographical and, uh, you know, regional to, to how, how you, uh, how you, uh, how you pronounce it. And I'm sure they had to be pretty regional too. It's just, they're not something, I don't know. I just, maybe West coast. I don't know. I don't know. They, they didn't to me, and this is, I'm just going on gut feel. I've never seen, you know, any of the the company sales statistics about where they were, where they were sold the most, but for me, I don't know. It just the West Coast never seemed like a place where that kind of fashion would catch on. It To me, it just seemed like a Midwestern and an East Coast thing. I don't know if I'm you, making You are making
0: that 100% because I talked to Bob Truax, uh, who's the CEO and co-founder, and you're absolutely right. California, West Coast, it did not do well. Kansas City, now the Midwest, it does very well. Dallas is a big market. Uh, Kansas City, again, is one of its best markets. Really, though, what's interesting their best, no doubt, number one market is is Buffalo. And you know, <sighs> Bill's mafia has really adopted it. If you guys watched it, anyone, any of the listeners out there watched the match, you saw Josh Allen even his golf bag during when he was in Mahomes were competing against Brady and Rogers. Had um Zubas worked with uh, a company, a golf company that Josh Allen is a shareholder and, and they designed a a Zubaz golf bag, but the bills are their big market. The pro shops. said they sell more of that than anything else, more than even Josh Allen jerseys. And they sell more than a thousand pants per season. So I think that's also been, you know, that coincided, Joe, that the bills, when they were at the peak in the early nineties, when it was Zubaz, however you want to pronounce it peak. Uh, So I think that's, that's also, um, help bring it back and I, I do those are the two fan bases like a cheese fan in the 90s i just i think of those pants and, and certainly a bills fan and even now i think of
1: that yeah they and and you know and the, and the bills ones actually you know if you do look at them the, the bills ones are are definitely a little more muted they're kind of along the line to the giants um the giants seemed like it had a little bit more a little bit more blue, and they used to have that like some of the Giants one had like a weird silvery, like glittery type of a stripe. Um, but like um, th- they're definitely more muted than, than other ones. So I could see why, you know, you're not, but you know, hey, it's Buffalo. Like what What else? Who else is seeing you up there? Right <laughs> here <You're> in Buffalo. <laughs> Sorry. No offense to any of our listeners from Buffalo. Personally,
0: but... I don't think we have a lot of Bills listeners. So I think, yeah. you know, yeah. I, I think you could. Uh... Yeah say that did you ever wear the giants a pair that you got do you remember or did you oh god yeah i wore them i wore them all
1: like i mean i'm walking around
0: Penn campus, around Penn campus with them on
1: and people are like why are you wearing Giants Ubas?" like and then, and then i got and then i got to tell them well i took a visit up there and you know it was pre-draft visit so you know i got to uh to show off my, uh, you know, talk and talk a little bit of my trip to, to giant stadium and, and working out and, and having a visit with the giants. So yeah. And that's when, when Terry Bradway was there before he came to Kansas
0: city. Um, so his, his, his son, by the way, is now an executive with he's in the scout with the, the Chiefs. So it continues on Joe. Did you get swag from each of the places you tried out? And if, so what other teams did you try out for?
1: Yeah, I got um, swag. I, I only remember getting three swag items um, for 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 meeting up with people. I took a trip to Pittsburgh pre-draft, and I remember coming home with some cool Steelers gear. One of them was a really cool white T-shirt. Now I remember back then there was no dry fit; it was all that
0: old-school
1: right. T-shirt material, right? Wow. That you see, Hanes basically type material. Um, but I had a cool. It was a cool Steelers, and you know that really cool font. Uh, on the front was a white t-shirt with a really cool iron on because back then that's what things were Mm -hmm. they were just ironed on it's not like today with silk screening and all that stuff and then um, I had a Cleveland Browns t-shirt that I wore into the ground like (laughs) I just I wore that thing I, I wore it and washed it so many times that um it basically just started to disappear in the washer, like threads of it just started disappearing. Um, And then one that was non-NFL related that I still have to this day. So the t-shirt is 31 years old. It's a Stanford football t-shirt that um, uh, the equipment guy gave me who happened to be from Philadelphia Mm -hmm. And he was a transplant and he was working for Stanford at the time. And I went to play in the East West Shrine game at Stanford in San Jose. And he happened to like take a liking to me because I was from Philly. I don't Uh
0: don't
1: get to meet that many Philly kids out here. And he's like, here, take this. Don't tell anybody I gave it to you. And it was a cool Stanford, uh, Stanford football t-shirt. Jeff, I still have it. As a matter of fact, I just folded it and put it into my (laughs) t-shirt drawer. And it is, it is literally see-through. <laughs> um, and, and, and I still have it. And, and, you know, my family, when they see me wear, they'll just be like, oh God, there's that old Stanford t-shirt. It is 31 years old. It's probably one of the oldest. Well, besides I have some, I'm, like I said, I'm a Packer. I've got some uniforms, um, from when I was a kid. Like I have my 12 year old, uh, little league, um, baseball uniform, um, in a, in a, in a, in a, in a, bin It drives Jen crazy, but, um, the Stanford one's probably the oldest thing that I've ever worn for that long, because um, I'm, <laughs> I'm obviously not wearing my 12 year old, you know, Little League championship baseball jersey. Uh, Let's that hope would fit, that would like fit on my forearm at this point, but like I uh, I still wear that. <clears throat> so it's probably like I said, it's probably the longest running wearable piece of clothing that I have actually worn uh, for the longest, uh, 31 years. It's going on, and it's it's my Stanford football shirt.
0: So it, it sounds like you kept um all the shirts, the pants, including the Zubas, Zubas pants, you did not.
1: I did not. I did not keep that. And I, I, I can't find my Browns t shirt and I can't find my Steelers t-shirt. So maybe once I maybe once I signed with the Chiefs, I maybe I just like pitched everything and I didn't really want to have an allegiance to anybody else. So I didn't want to create any bad mojo or bad juju. So I got rid of everything. Um Probably that's probably what I ended up doing, you know. And uh, from there on, it was all cheap stuff. So,
0: probably a uh, wise call though. If you had to go with any team, Marty might have let the Browns. Well, maybe not. He probably had some, maybe a little bit of animosity after getting. Yeah, like, he probably uh, would
1: have. I think he would have asked me to burn that in front of everybody if I would have showed up <laughs> at the at the stadium in a Browns, you know, in a Browns t shirt. But yeah, NFL players are funny, man. When there's like a free t shirt to be had, you would think you would think that these guys had no clothing at home. Like we used to, we used to call it the 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 seagulls, and we would and like um, I forget who used to do it. I think it was Bill Jones, one of our fullbacks in the early '90s. As soon as like something free would show up, like when the equipment guys would throw a box of T-shirts from Champion or Flex All. Remember Flex All or oh, whatever it was sure, called. Yeah. So that was a big sponsor of the NFL. So we would get these Flex All shirts. You And he he would go. He would walk around. He would walk around the locker room like he was a seagull because everybody (laughs) would just be like piling on the shirt. Grab me one. I need a double XL. I need an XL. I was like, you think that you think that the guys had no no resources like to go buy some clothing? Like, but guys telling you, NFL players love something free, man. Anytime they they can get it. We used to have have a saying
0: after that food. Yeah, that's funny. It
1: was. And we, you know, we'd say if it's free, it's for me. Uh, if it's free, take two. That's what we used to say in the <laughs> locker room. So yeah, it was cra- crazy. Guys are guys were nuts about that stuff.
0: Well, ch- uh, do check out the story on Forbes.com. You can search Zubaz, obviously Z-U-B-A-Z. It's worth a read. And if you enjoyed this show presented by Bet Online, please subscribe. We're available on your favorite directories: iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn.